Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Today's episode features Re in a Facebook Live for IDEA members. Enjoy! Hello, how's it going? Okay, so today I am going to answer questions that we had received over the last week or so. Okay, this question's hard for me to answer honestly, again, because I have questions for you, but I want to address it, so here goes. She writes that one of her students has been with her for eight or nine years, dancing with the same group of kids. She said none of the kids are mean to her. Everyone likes her, but she doesn't hang out with any of them outside of dance. So they're not going out of their way to include her in anything. She writes, I feel awful. She hasn't been wanting to come to dance because she said no one talks to her. But she said no one is mean to her, and if someone was ever mean to her, the other kids stick up for her, but they don't talk to her. I'm not sure what to do. Maybe have a meeting with the teachers and assistants and make sure they're including everyone, and maybe have a mini talk with the students to include everyone. So you could do all of those things. They're all good. But I want to say that maybe I'm thinking about how this could be not an issue, but that this possibly could be happening in other classes too. So maybe I'm going for a theme or a month in the studio that is, or a week, that's all about we are family. In that week within our classrooms, we talk about um, helping each other, respecting each other, accepting each other, making everyone in the classroom feel welcome. And within this particular class, maybe during that week, we sit down and I know these kids. So I'm going to, I'm going to use what I know about them to strategize this exercise and pick a kid. We're all sitting in a circle. Pick a kid from one side of the circle who stands up and says something positive about another dancer in their class that that other dancer would be surprised to hear or that, that they would um, be honored that that other person thought about them. And that will start, and so this girl will have somebody who has to stand up and say something, and she herself will have to stand up and say something about someone else within that classroom. That could open up dialogue. So that's one way to approach this. Now, if I'm the teacher and I know that this is going on in my classroom, I'm also gonna do things like team that girl up with, let's say I have eight kids in the class. We're gonna work one day on creating some choreography and I'm teaming that girl up with three other girls or four girls and they're gonna have to work together to create this piece of choreography. I'm gonna do everything I can to start to create communication within my classroom 
to make this girl feel more comfortable. Okay, now with all of that said, if this girl is unable to, to communicate so well or feels uncomfortable or feels inhibited, that's deeper. That may not be a result of how the other kids are in class. And that might mean what me as a teacher am working on trying to instill more confidence in this girl and show her that she's appreciated and show her that she's talented. But it's also something that is going on inside of her head and that, that or inside of her heart or her soul or she doesn't feel good enough or she feels intimidated to talk to these kids. Um, that's deeper and that's something that she's going to have to deal with or that you're going to have to maybe talk to her parent about at some point. But that isn't the way that I would start. How I would start is by recognizing that we have this issue in the school and now I'm going to come up with a way to create this culture in my school where everybody is accepting of everyone else. And even if it doesn't work, <laughs> with this particular girl or this particular situation, it'll help to avoid them in the future because kids will start to think about it. Um, acceptance in the dance studio, to me, is a number one priority. The dance studio is a place where kids can go, be who they are, uh, feel their emotions through the movement, and it should be their, their happy place, their comfortable place. Um, and that's the kind of atmosphere that we need to create. I wish you the best of luck with this. Make them all feel like they're part of the family. So this is a longer question. I'm going to summarize her. She has uh, been losing a lot of uh, her recreational students. They seem to be coming in, taking a year of class and letting her know that they're moving on to soccer or gymnastics or cheer. Um, at the same time, she hasn't had anyone express dissatisfaction with the program. Some have found the dances and just uh, have found the dances and for them. She's tried offering more opportunities to the little ones to be involved, such as performances, parade appearances, community performances as well. I know that, that this is gonna maybe, I'm not trying to put the blame back on you because I have some other ideas that I can share with you as well. But I wanna make it so that every kid can't wait to come back the next week. I think that comes from being inside the classroom and building such a community that is uh, so students involved with each other, friends with each other, that they don't want to go to soccer the following year because they don't want to lose that, that communication with that school and that feeling and those friends. Now, defining that, is harder. But here is uh, what I'm thinking. If there's some sort of reward a student would get by returning, so, so do I get 
uh, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year award from the studio for taking classes? Um, do I get a studio jacket after three years of being in the studio? Uh, what could they look forward to when they come back? Also, another thing that I think is important and helps to retain some of these kids because we let them go for a summer and a summer can be long enough that they do decide they want to go do soccer and all of those things is to be sure that all of my kids are pre-registered before the recital. So they've either paid a registration fee, the first month's tuition, and they're leaving the year expecting that they will return. It'll be harder for them to lose the money that they put down. And it's just an easy way to keep them from year to year. Uh, also, don't lose touch with them after the summer is over. Continue to send them either email blasts, send them a card over the summer that says you missed them, you can't wait to see them. Address that card directly to the students so that they get a piece of mail from you. And build a community where they don't want to leave. Also, you know, I focused in on the kids when I talked about this. But that also goes to the parents. Make it so that the parents feel like it's a community, that the, the office people, that the teachers and everybody is excited to have that family in the studio, knows the parents' names, walks out and has conversation with the parent. Uh, the more that they feel like they know you and that they're a part of the family, they're more likely to stick with the family. But with all of this said, we live in the 21st century. Kids are on their phone, their laptop, uh, two other things at the same time, and kids get bored easy. We have to be exciting. We have to be energetic. We have to become the phone, the laptop, and all the other things that distract these kids for the hour that they're at our studio. And that will help studio retention, is that we don't give them a chance to get bored. We don't give them a chance to feel like that they wish that they were someone else because it's just an awesome experience. And yes, dance will not be for all kids. But if we go in with the attitude that we want every kid to leave the classroom saying, I love to dance, I think we can accomplish that. Good luck. Here is my final question of this session. So what's funny about this is that she wrote me about a 10-month payment plan that she established uh, this year. But that 10-month payment plan ap applies to nine months of tuition. And I had so many questions that uh, I asked to speak to her and I talked to her this morning about this program. So this is what I wanna to say to everyone. 
I, I got what she was talking about. What, what she really wanted to do here was to spread payments over 10 months so that it would be less payments or less, uh, would look like less monthly payments spread over 10 months rather than nine months. And that there were competitors within her community that had established this program. So when I started to ask questions about the real issue came with somebody who comes in later in the year, let's say at this time of the year, and what do you charge them? And it was working out with this program that somebody may come in, have two classes uh, left for the month, and that fee would be $95. But then they would have a $50 payment from that point forward. When I asked why is it 95, she didn't have a clear explanation that I would understand. Because as a parent, if I had two more classes in the month and they were, uh, let's call it $15 a class, I probably would have paid you $30 for the month and then started my plan. But because this is spread over 10 months, it needs a much deeper explanation. So this is what I want to say. Whatever plan that you decide to create for collecting tuition or any other kind of payment, you must be able to explain in layman's terms how it works. If you have a hard time and it seems complicated to you, Imagine me, the dad of a five-year-old, and you say to me that my first payment is 95 and we're only charging you for the first, uh, the, your two classes in October, and then you'll pick up payment with November. It's hard for me to grasp the $95 for the two classes, but if you thought of how you can explain that exactly to me, and I think part of it was a registration fee, uh, then it's easier for me to accept. Come up with payment plans that are so easy, so understandable that nobody will question anything. I feel like when it's hard to explain the perception, it isn't the reality, but the perception of the person you're trying to explain it to who's not understanding feels like somehow you're getting more money out of them or that this is a shaky process here because I can't grasp it. So that's, that's my answer. Easy payment plans, easy to understand. And we're going to hang out and we're going to talk because I think we can come up with the answers on how to answer with this payment plan. Or you go back to nine months because that is so easy for a parent to understand. And now here is my really final, final thing. When you head into that studio, consider it your stage, give the best performance that you can, make every child know that you are passionate about teaching and that they're, uh, they're really important to you and that you believe in each and every one of those kids.
set the example of the kindest mentor and leader that you can be and enjoy the journey. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 